Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Oh my gosh, I love you guys so much. I just feel so at home here. Well, because obviously I'm Roxanne's neighbor. We're just in Hermosa Beach. And she was my first friend in this area. And I always tell her that um, her and Pastor Eddie, they just loved us. You know, they could have been like, you're in our neighborhood. You're stepping on our toes. But they didn't. They embraced us and from day one. And I actually wasn't used to that. And I love this movement of churches, all of the pastor's wives, and just getting to be in San Diego at the marriage or retreat and the pastor's retreat and the different things that we've just been included in. We, Israel and I just feel so honored. You might've met my husband. Um, if you've like, he's done some events for some of the reach churches. He's really tall and handsome. His name's Israel. It's kind of funny. That's my husband. So, um, but I'm just so honored to be here and I just want to, I just want to admonish you for a, a, a minute before we even get started because, um, You know, it's in places like this where anything can happen. And you can just sense the um, authentic, real passion for Jesus and nothing else in the house tonight. And it's amazing because I was um, getting ready. I just was waking up, hardly even awake yet. I don't even think I had had my coffee yet. And I was thinking about my message. I'd already prepared. I already had notes printed. I was ready to go. And then of course, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit starts giving me something totally different, something I've never preached before. And I know that it's just a prophetic moment word for you women, for me. It's been blessing me as I've been writing it out today. And I'm telling you that I just feel, I just want to make room for the Holy Spirit. You know, you don't need to hear the best five points you've ever heard. You need the Holy Spirit to touch. I need the Holy Spirit to touch. And I know that he's here already. And maybe we could just lift our hands. We don't have to stand. But let's just, just re-acknowledge. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're already moving. Lord, we thank you for the miracle healing story. They were hurting God. I know that you know every story in this room. You know the burdens. You know the trial. You know the secret war behind the smiles. God, you know right where we are. God, your word says that you're the one who knows us the most, yet you love us the most. That's mind-blowing to me that you know all of my weaknesses, but you love me the most. God, help us to just receive all of you to not let shame or, or whatever it might be that we're walking through hold us back from all that you have for us tonight. We just welcome you to come and move the way that you want to move. And we cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry. Come on and tell him this night. Just tell him he's holy. Just make room in your heart. Oh, there's no one like you, Jesus. Is the Lamb. And I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to. Come do whatever you want to 
and I will make room for you to do whatever you want to come do whatever you want to oh God we're not in a hurry we want to be with you no conceived ideas but what you have let fresh oil fall let fresh oil fall let fresh oil fall on us let fresh oil fall let fresh oil fall let fresh oil fall on We'll never get used to you and what you do. We'll never take you for granted. Oh, we want all of you tonight, oh God. I want all of you tonight, oh God. looking in for for a season and it's just been like you can't quite break through you haven't felt the presence of God like you used to you still love him you're still faithful but it's like that fire that's always been a part of who you are the easy access into the presence of God has has kind of faded away and tonight God says I'm renewing your my love I'm renewing your passion I'm renewing my spirit within you And it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with who I am, says the Lord. Oh gosh, I always cry, but I'm going to teach. And I believe that God just wants me to give what I'm called to give and then make room for him. This is no ordinary Monday night. And I'm just honored to be here. My message title is Stay Oily. Stay Oily. How many of you are essential oil women? Have you heard that comedian? I forget his name. He calls them witch doctors. They concoct their oil. I've got thieves oil. Um, Tonight I want to talk about the the idea of staying oily. And my message, the verse I want to um, talk about is the parable of the ten virgins. Matthew 25, 1. It says this, At the time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. 
The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. I don't know about you, but I feel like the church right now is in a season of a long time coming. And it could be really easy to just fall asleep. It could be really easy to grow weary in our well-doing. The times that we've prayed, the Saturday morning prayer services, the faith that we keep stirring up, the worship that we offer, and yet it just feels like we're in a season of a long time coming. I don't know. Am I in the right room? Is there anybody that feels just like, it feels like what you've been praying for, what you've been standing for, is just a long time coming? I didn't see one hand. Is there anybody that, yes, I'm in the right place. Awesome. So, here they are, the ten virgins. It says that the, the bridegroom was a long time coming, so they fell asleep and got drowsy. Verse 6, at midnight, the, crow, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell the oil and buy some for yourself. Has anyone ever felt like that? Like, just go get it yourself. Don't ask me for mine. Go get it yourself. Okay, just me. I'm a mom of three, so maybe that's why. Therapy night. Okay. No, they replied. There may not be enough. Verse 10. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And this morning, the Holy Spirit, he has sent me as a messenger to you at Reach Church tonight to say, stay oily. There is a, a call from heaven to stay oily, to not grow weary in our well-doing. Don't get tired because the, the road has been long. Maybe your faith is just feeling a little bruised. I've been there before. I've been where my faith has been bruised. You know, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. I know ladies always want to know about whoever this is. And you probably already sized me up. I, um, I'm wearing my daughter's onesie. And I was telling the pastors in the back room, this is the worst church out fit because if I have to pee then you're going to see me in the crack of the stall and I'm going to have to take everything off just to go to the bathroom so we're going to get to know each other really well so I tried not to drink too much water okay I'm trying to be nice but here I am in my onesie sorry men I saw guys sorry too much information but you girls know what I'm talking about don't you they're cute but and yes I shop at Phoebe's closet she's one of my daughters and she was out of town so it was like a sale because nobody stopped me. And I have all kinds of cute stuff. So this is my daughter. She's going to see a picture of me tonight and call me and be like, Mom, why are you wearing my outfit? And also, she hasn't worn it yet. So that makes it even better. I know. I'm just, I wanted her to experience the anointing that is Reach Church. So that's why. I'm going to give it back. It's like the traveling pants. It's going to be like, she'll be like, I feel the glory. And I will know why. 
Okay, anyway, all right, all right. We're, we, I've, got, I've got a message from God, but also he's funny too, so we'll have fun. All right, but I want to talk about this, and um, you know, I've walked through a season. Israel and I, we came to the South Bay, and we planted Flourishing Church. Uh, we're going on nine years, which is totally crazy. <laughs> crazy! And um, it feels honestly like yesterday, but I um, am a recovered pastor's kid, and so is Israel. Israel's mother is here tonight. Her name is Ruth Campbell. Yes, we're so excited. She, her and her friend Bev are here, and they're from West Plains, Missouri. And if you've never heard of it, it's because they don't even have Target or Starbucks, and they are here tonight with you. So, yes, but they're amazing. And I, I honor, uh, Ruth, I honor you because um, Ruth is the reason why Israel is a Christian today. And um, her story, you know, I would rather tell her testimony than mine. It's even better. We all have such beautiful stories. And I felt that so strongly tonight that in this room, there is this bank of miracle women, stories upon stories upon stories. It could take us a year just to get through the beautiful things that God has done in your life. I know that Pastor Letty, you are sick. We're praying for you. I was wanting to honor you while you're here, but I can honor you through the video. We love you so much. Love all the pastors. We love you. Thank you for having me. Um, But uh, Ruth, my mother-in-law, when Israel was a little baby, he was born addicted to heroin. And he was um, in a hospital and his parents had to, you know, they were drug addicts. It was a really sad story. And Israel um, was adopted by his aunt, who is now his mother. And she stepped up in his life when, you know, anything could have happened to him. And one of the reasons why we pastor here in Los Angeles is because this is the area where he was abandoned as a baby. And so she stepped in and wasn't even saved. She was kind of a wild girl too, California girl. And um, she was telling me all kinds of crazy stories this trip. She was a little wild. But, um, but Ruth and Israel were the first ones. She brought him to church and they got saved in San Diego. And it was during the move of God when I think this church was even birthed back. Was it in the 70s or was it longer? Wave. 89. Okay, well, then it was earlier. But she got saved, and then um, they became pastors. Her and her husband moved up to Seattle, and then Israel, when he was 16, and Ruth, she was a pastoring, co-pastoring with her husband, he drowned in a boating accident. And it was an overnight thing where Ruth actually um, was a pastor leading and loving the church and being sacrificial like we all know our pastors do, to overnight not being, and not having that title, and losing her husband and her best friend, but also needing to stay strong for her 16-year-old son who was looking at her like, we're a word of faith church. How did dad just die? What are we going to do now? And he went through a really rocky season where, of course, he was angry and he was trying to cancel out the call of God on his life. And um, it was a really rocky season. And Ruth would walk into his bedroom and anoint him with oil when he was a hellion. And he was angry at the church. He was angry at God. He didn't understand. And she fought for his life. And so now here we are. And I look at Israel and the miracle that God's done in him. And it's because of her standing and stepping up in his life and having that faith. And maybe you're a mom and you've got some crazy kids. And it's like they almost seem too far gone. And can I tell you tonight, both Israel and my story, we were pastor's kids. I was um, a pastor's daughter. I'm number seven of 10 kids. Seven is the number of perfection. I just want to remind everyone. And, um, when I was young, my dad was amazing. He, he, uh, he was 
the most charismatic man and he loved people, but he was in an environment in the church when he was pastoring that he could never go to anyone about what he was struggling with because it was a season where pastors just didn't have anyone to be able to be honest with. And so he had two people going on. He had Pastor Ron, who was this amazing preacher, loving everyone would tell me, your dad's my favorite person and he's my favorite preacher, all of these things. But at home he was very abusive and he was struggling with pain addiction and pain pill addiction. And so our family was starting to live these two different lives. The family business of church, where we all on smiles and we did the tap dance here we go Jesus Jesus but at home I would maybe be thrown down the stairs hit by a car and it was very violent and um, that started really messing with my head about who God was because God my father but my pastor father there's two totally different people and there was a lot of rage going on and so of course I started being a numb little girl that was like a shell. I was one of the worship leaders, but I just went through the motions. And by the time I was 15, I started doing heavy drugs. By the time I was 16, I was selling them and I was hot mess. And I'm still in church every Sunday. I just think back to the, that, that season in my life, like who was that girl? I don't know that girl. And she was just such a broken little shell of a person. And when I was 17 years old, I had a moment with God and I got set free in one moment where everything was restored. I never went to rehab. Like I never, I didn't have to go away. I, I was restored. And from that day on, I've been in God's house, fully alive, fully honest between me and God. And, and that's the story of our lives. And I just, I don't know. I, I really felt to share the beginning of my life because I think it's really easy to um, just tell people's story without knowing saying, well, it looks like she doesn't know what it's like to live through hard, or she doesn't know, you know, she has, it doesn't look like she struggled, but I'm telling you, all of us have a story. All of us have these Jesus moments, like if not for the goodness, the grace, the power, the freedom that Christ gives, where would we be? And so I, I just feel so at home because I know that you're a miracle story too. And it's really an honor. So I'm going to get back to my message, but I wanted to just kind of share that with you because I feel like there's some of you and you might feel like you've started from a place that is not something maybe that you, you, you feel behind because of where you started. And I just want to encourage you that my life is a living example of 17-year-old addicted girl, hated herself, hated. I did not like the church. I was so bitter. And within a moment, like a breath, of the touch of God, and I was restored. And you might have young people, you might have people in your world that it's discouraging, because right now, they're the shell. They're broken. I feel like tonight, you just need to be encouraged that God is not done. And his word, it will return, it will grow fruit, you will see harvest. Be like Israel's mom, don't give up. Don't get weary in well-doing, because in due season, you will reap if you just faint not. Amen? Okay, so let's get back to my message. I'm ADD. I hope you can hang with me. Are you all good? Okay, 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 okay. So I just want to pick apart this, um, this portion of scripture really quickly. And I want to talk about a few things. But I feel like God just wants us to 
really received the charge that it is our responsibility as women of God to stay oily, to keep the oil, to not forsake the oil of God. What is the oil? It's the anointing. It's the presence. We are carriers of the Holy Spirit of God. And we live in a world, I know that you know this, you don't even need me to tell you and remind you, but we live in such a world right now that just coming to church and being with the group of girls and feeling inspired and and the motion of Jesus is not going to cut it. And here's why. Because these virgins, it says that they were 10 virgins. Virgins means set apart. These people were Christians. They were Christ followers. They were not people off the street. They were the holy ones set apart. They were people that forsook certain things to seek the Lord. And it says that they they were waiting on the bridegroom, just like we are. We're waiting on the bridegroom. And it's in a season of peril where it seems like the world is just going to hell in a handbasket. You know, you look around and you're like, there's no wisdom. There's, 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 everyone is kind of losing their spiritual compass in our world. And I want to encourage you that that is the best day to be alive. We're here for it. We're here for such a time as this. What God has brought you through is on purpose for what you are called to go and reach, 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 reach church. So these are virgins. These are not just people wandering the streets. These are set apart ones. They represent the church. So here are 10 women. Let's call these 10 women from church. And it says that five of them were wise and five of them were foolish, but they were all using the same restroom, getting the same coffee, singing the same worship. There's a difference. Five forgot the oil as they went on their Christian journey. That is very sobering to me. Because I know how easy it can be to start going through the motions. I told you my testimony. I was the queen of playing church. I knew how to hold my microphone and hold one hand up and have that stink face like I'm in the holy of holies. (laughs) And inside, my rib is hurting because I'd been punched and I was bitter and angry at my dad who was also faking church. I forgot the oil. I forgot the oil. And I was still going through the faith motions And I feel like it can be so easy because we have such a dark and light world right now to forget about the importance of the oil, of taking the presence and the spirit of God with us, not leaving it when we walk out of here, not having it only when our friends are around with a cute t-shirt, but being women who know how to carry oil. And God is calling us to be women who carry the anointing with us. I don't believe that we're living in a day and time where we're going to be able to make it through without the oil, without bringing along the presence and the power of God everywhere that we go. So here we are. We're five virgins with no oil. And for a while, it was fine. They were all still hanging out together. They all looked the same because they all had a lamp. It wasn't time for the oil yet. So it was just, here we are in church. Let's clap our hands at the same time. And I'm not mocking that because there's so much power in the church. Tonight in this room, I've been so blessed because there's something about corporate worship worship, and then your worship leaders. Oh my goodness. I know it's wrong to be jealous, but I'm a little jealous. You guys are beautiful. I just love your heart. So um, here we are, the virgins. They're part of the church. Here they are. Verse six, it says, and at midnight, the bridegroom came. And I believe that we are 
walking through midnight. Midnight is the darkest moment of every day. It's before it gets light. It's that moment, midnight. And it feels a little bit isolating to be in midnight. Things are more quiet. You're not maybe hearing from God in your midnight like you would during your daytime. And I'm talking metaphorically about our midnight seasons. The seasons where we can't seem to access God with ease the way we used to. Midnight seasons, the the times when you've been stretching your faith for someone's healing or your healing and it doesn't happen. Midnight seasons when relationships break down. Midnight seasons when somebody betrays you. Midnight seasons when the person, the children that you've been pouring into and declaring God's word over your whole entire life, their lives, all of a sudden they're just going wayward. The midnight season represents disappointment. And how many of you know as Christians we still walk through disappointment? But we have a promise. We have the access to oil. And we are not walking through days. I wish I could come and say, God spoke to me that we're going to, it's going to get better and it's going to be really awesome. And we're going to have real, we're going to have amazing, sunny, happy days. And everyone in our community and on the city board councils, they're, they're just going to get radically saved and things are all going to turn around. It's just going to be amazing. I don't, I don't sense that. And that's not to be depressing. I'm actually so excited. I was looking at my mother-in-law's Facebook because she posted a picture of California and her friends from the Midwest started talking about California and they don't like it at all. They think that God has forsaken us. But I was so glad that she was here tonight to see the hunger, the spiritual hunger and the move of God because... The news will say one thing, but I would not be in any other place than this. This is the birthing place of so many revivals, and God is not finished. And he chose us to be alive in the midnight. He chose you. And if he chose you to be alive for the midnight hour, he has graced you to live and dance all the way through the midnight hour. But we can't do it without the oil. And that was what was happening here. The bridegroom was taking a long time. God, you're taking longer than what I prayed for. And I know your ways are higher. But can you just speed, like come a little closer. Can you just give me just a whiff that you're here? That you're planning something. And, and so the midnight hour is where we, we have got to be women who know how to carry oil. You know, in the midnight hour... We can't go get oil. That's what it says that the virgins that left the oil, they were like, give us some of your oil. Share, share, share. And the other girls are like, no, you're not taking my oil. You're the one who left without it. We carried it in jars. We planned for God to move. We decided that we're not going anywhere unless his spirit goes before us and behind us. And so here they are. And these ones are like, I need what you have. But I just felt this so strongly while I was praying Don't wait to get sick to put scripture about healing into your mind and heart. Don't wait for a husband to become a healthy woman. Don't wait for your man to become this really great woman. Run your race. And as you begin to run your race and become whole, God will bring that man. But don't wait until, oh my goodness, did you see that six foot five guy downstairs at the church? And then you're like, oh, I got to get my stuff together. I'm going on the treadmill. I'm going to go get filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to get my hair done. No, 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 no. By faith, don't wait. But carry the oil now. 
Don't learn to praise after the blessing, but learn how to praise to that blessing, praise toward that blessing. Speak to those things that aren't as though they are and begin to carry the oil. Be good at holding oil. Don't give when you have enough. Give when you don't have enough. Begin to be generous with nothing. Because it's harder to be a giver with much than it is to start with nothing. Train yourself to give. I, my family was so broke growing up. We were on government cheese. My mom, I had one um, mentally disabled sister. We, when my dad got sick, he had cancer. And we moved from a seven-bedroom house to a single-wide trailer. And it was a lot of us. My bedroom for um, third grade through fifth grade was we had couches with all the cushions. And me and my two brothers that were closest in age, the living room was a convertible bedroom. It was awesome. I say it like it was sad, but it was amazing. We had a slumber party every single night and um, we just knew the drill so when dinner was over and we did all of our chores we pulled all of the everyone had their bed that they knew this is my cushion this is this and we'd pull it all out and we'd put it all away we were a little machine of we were like the Duggars but dirtier messier and um, but I, I, I think about that and how I my, my mom really trained my spirit how to be a giver back then we, there was nothing to give, but we always found ways to be giving. It might not have been through money, but it was through our heart and our life. What can we do? There was a, a lady in our church named Athena, and she was paralyzed from the neck down. And um, we would go and pick her up every Sunday morning. And we did not have a handicapped accessible van. We had a station wagon, and poor Athena just kind of got wedged onto there however she could. My mom was going to get her to church. And that's a spirit of giving. And sometimes I think the enemy loves to trap our minds with, we don't have anything to give. And I, I pray tonight that the Holy Spirit will give you a fresh revelation that you have so much to give. And, and you know, God has blessed me. And I, I, like through the years, there's been blessing and successes and the favor of the Lord because I just stuck close to him. And in the moments where there's been much, it's been so easy to give because even if I lost it all again. I know that I'll make it without anything. And so things never have owned me. And it's such a beautiful thing when you realize where you started and you were generous then that as God blesses you, you'll continue to just become more and more generous. Isn't that such a beautiful thought? And maybe that's you. Maybe you've made reasons why you can't be generous, but there's always something to be generous with. If it's nothing else, it's just being generous with your mouth. If you hang out with me, you're going to hear me telling waitresses, cashiers, strangers. Some people think it's awkward and I don't care, but I am very generous with my mouth. If I notice something about your beautiful eyes, you have gorgeous eye makeup on. I'm not going to keep it inside. And how many thoughts as women do we have that we just store inside? Like we think that, like, look at her gorgeous red hair. She's so bright and sunny, but we don't say it. We keep to ourselves. And generosity starts with, instead of those beautiful thoughts, staying in our mind, releasing them. And God says with those who are faithful in the little, he makes ruler over much. He really does watch and care what we're being a good steward of. Can you be creatively generous? I, that wasn't even in my notes. All of that. Wow. Okay. Somebody needed to hear it. But this is the part that really got me while I was studying this this morning is the Christians, the church girls without oil came back and knocked on the door. The ones who had always been around the same exact events 
church, prayer, saying the same songs, but the ones without oil, Jesus said, I do not know you. I don't know you. And you know, God isn't asking us to do a miracle of producing oil. He's not asking us to come up with the oil. You know, he is the oil. The anointing of God just means the nearness of Jesus. When we say, wow, that service was anointed, we're saying God was there. It's the nearness of God. The oil is carrying his presence, and we are designed and equipped to carry him. We're, we're called to carry him, but it can be so easy to be just sidetracked by our lives, totally distracted by social media and what so-and-so said in this argument. And oh my goodness, there's just so much entertainment in the world, right? And so we, we can begin to, Jesus, the more that we are close to those things, the less Jesus is near. And when we don't realize that the oil is missing because we are sidetracked and distracted and fighting Christian battles and picketing for this and talking about this and defending, but where's our nearness? Where is the anointing that comes from our time that's just with him for no other reason, not for him to do a miracle, but just our nearness. The Bible says that if you abide in me, you can do anything, but apart from me, you shrivel up and die. And that's what's happening with these virgins, these Christian women who had good hearts. I don't think that the five without oil were, were bratty. I don't think that they had a Jezebel spirit. I don't think they were divisive. I think they were distracted. And how easy it can be to start filling our lives with lookalikes of the anointing of God that make us feel secure. But it's not the, it's not the power. It's not the oil. That he's called us to be women and carry it. Isn't that good? I, maybe this word was just for me today, but you, you are getting to hear it because I'm being ministered to. And I'm also being convicted. And what I love about God is conviction from God feels like love. It never has shame attached. It's like, come on. Come on. Get back up. I know you've walked through a hard season. I know it's been hard to keep carrying, but come on. I've created you. I have designed you to do big things. I have designed you to walk through hard seasons and look like the glory of God. I have designed you to be a carrier of the anointing. Don't forget it. Don't leave it at home. Don't exchange it for frivolous, worldly junk that we could never take with us to heaven. Okay, okay, okay. You know, I felt this, there's some sentences that God gave me today. And I just want to kind of release them to you. And then you can allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do with you and this. But this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say. As a church, as a church, as the kingdom of God right now on earth, we want the raging fire when God is looking for consistent burning embers. And we are attracted to beautiful fire, but there's no fruit. And I, I felt so strongly with your pastors, with the people over this movement, over Reach Church, they are burning embers. And it would be so easy to go, well, they don't do the lights like that other church. They don't have the sparkle. I really felt this strongly. And I want to tell you that God 
favors you that you get to be a part of this burning embers church that has outlasted more storms than most of us have walked through. And I really want to honor that because this is legacy. This is what pleases the heart of God. He is not impressed with the show. He's not impressed with our programs, our color schemes. And you know what? I'm all about it. I love beautiful church. I do. I want to I be the best example of the kingdom of God to the world. But that can be such, it can cause us to put the oil on the shelf and pick up these things that are attractive. And this is a house that carries oil. And I'm so thankful that you do. But you know what? The oil only increases through the years. And so every battle won, every time that your pastors has stuck through it and stayed married and chosen you and chosen them and chosen Jesus, that anointing has gotten stronger. And there's such a heritage. There is such an oil that is specific to this church. And I just want to encourage you, don't take it for granted. Don't take the anointing of God that is on your house for granted. And it's been passed down from generation to generation and it's a heritage that you get to come under and be a part of and then begin to pass down from generation to generation this church is an interrupter to family lines that have been broken for years and years and years I really feel that, that this is, there's a family heritage of the miraculous of signs and wonders but also of relational stability because of the wars that your pastors have fought through, you can inherit relational stability. My family is going to stay married. We are going to walk through hard times and we will not walk away. We will keep the oil. We will keep the oil. But I think it's time for us to be aware that God is not impressed with big, crazy fires. Big crazy fires are kind of like the fig tree with no fruit, but gorgeous leaves. And it can be so great to be in a service where everything's just like a show. But I, I, we have to be people who seek oil. And oil is not that fancy. Oil's not that fancy. There's fancier things than oil. But oil is where the anointing of God breaks yokes, destroys the burdens, sets us free. It is the most beautiful and sparkly thing. We have to remember that. Amen? I, I, when I was camping, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and my grandpa taught me how to roast marshmallows. And um, we would put the marshmallow on, and I always wanted to roast it fast in the big flame. That's like more exciting than putting it down in the embers, right? And he would always tell me, Rachel, just be patient. Just go play. Don't even, don't even put your marshmallow in that fire, even though it's exciting, it's going to singe it. It's going to be black. It won't taste as good. But if you wait and the, the fire settles down, it actually gets hotter as the embers begin to continually burn. And embers always burn among all the ugly ash. But if you want that golden brown, crispy on the outside, but really runny on the inside, perfect marshmallow with no black charcoal, you got to wait. And you don't put it in the big fire. You don't put it in the show. You slowly allow it to burn. Embers do not scorch things. Fires destroy cities. So we have to be careful what we call anointed and what God's saying is the oil. And I, I believe that the church is in a day where we have to really be in touch with the Holy Spirit and go, God, this feels like a strange fire. It feels like your spirit, but it's not. 
And that will be happening. The Bible says in the last days that there will be people that are swept away by the tickling of their ears and swift teaching. And so this great, it sounds good. It sounds like something Jesus would say. I just never heard him say it. We've got to be really careful and disciplined to go, no, not a strange fire. I'm looking for burning embers. I'm looking for the faithful people of God who still have oil, who still have oil. That's who I want to be. Those are my people, the oil carriers. If you're an older woman in here, raise your hand. I'm saying 55 and up. Not that old, but you know. Raise your hand. Raise it like you are proud, because you should be. I, um... I, when I was praying today, I know this is a weird message because it's got a lot of prophetic, but this is what God has me on assignment to do. I felt like there was a lot of women in here and you are more needed than you've ever been in the kingdom of God. And you discount yourself because you think that all of the, you know, you don't know what TikTok is. We don't need you to know what TikTok is. We need your oil. We need the mamas in the faith to not go to sleep right now. And there, this house is full of young women that are motherless in a lot of areas. And we need the moms. We need you. This is your season. This is your time. This is your oil is like fine wine. We need those burning embers, women of faith, the mamas in the house that have just gone a little quiet and not wanting to like take up the room of these women who are on fire for Jesus that are young. But can I just tell you as a 46 year old, I'm in the middle of both of you that we need the moms and we need your voice and we need you to have confidence in what God has shown you. And we need you to tell your story. We need you in our lives so desperately. And the enemy wants you to think that your time is over. And I just felt so strongly to call forth the older women of this church and say, this is going to be your most fruitful season. The wisdom of your life, God is going to put a demand on it. And it's going to begin to, when you obey it and you just rise up in confidence and take your place in the body of Christ, it'll begin to flow out of you like it's like it'll just pour. But as long as you sit there, and you're quiet. It will, stay, it will stay shut up. But God wants to call you forth. And he wants to use you. He wants you to become a mother like you've never mothered before. For such a time as this. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm going to end. We can even, maybe we could get the worship team up here. So that we can just make more room for Jesus. Does that sound good to you guys? Is any of this, is any of this hitting your heart? Okay. Oh, yes, oil and water. Okay, I'm just going to give a list as I prayed today. This is the messiest. I don't, I've, usually, like, I have really cute points and I can follow it. Today is random, but it's okay. So um, these are the things when I was praying this morning that I really felt God wanted me to talk about. Things that steal our oil. The first thing that steals our oil is when we hold in our head what God birthed in our heart. What do I mean by that? I mean, when God gives you a promise that seems out of this world, he gives you a vision for a business, or he tells you that your husband's not going to be an alcoholic, or he tells you you're going to have a baby when the doctor said there's no way. Those kind of things. Or maybe you've been called into ministry. I don't know what your story is, but God's speaking to us. And he has promises that are individual and purposeful for every single one of us. But as time goes on, like these five virgins, it can be so easy to shift what God birthed in our heart. We were standing surrendered in his presence. 
And then our head wants to say, what if? But what about? You can't because you. Remember when you did this? How dare you dream for more? Don't ever hold in your head what God birthed in your heart. One of the things God wants to do tonight is help you shift those promises away from your mental, anxious thoughts and bring it back to where he birthed it in your heart. Where you can have courage to believe that he who promised is faithful to fulfill. Number two, things that steal our oil is when we justify our brokenness. That can be so easy to do because we've been broken. And I'm telling you, I had a moment with God while in ministry, while being a pastor. I was called Pastor Rachel, and I was wanting vengeance on someone who really hurt me. I was really in the flesh because I was hurting. And when people hurt us in the flesh, we respond. Our flesh is screaming. When we're walking through relational pain, we are never as narcissistic as those moments because we feel pain. And so we're thinking about us so much. And we have to, again, shift back into the spirit. I remember God speaking to me and he goes, of course, Rachel, you're allowed to get back at her. You're allowed to defend yourself at the lie that was said over you. You can do it. You can be a woman. But I'm, real, I'm calling you to be a woman of God. And those are two different things. A woman defends herself. A woman of God lets God be her defender. And it's our choice. And the thing is, when God, when God, that verse that says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. This is the thing that blew my mind. Is that God is so holy that when I allow him to defend me, vengeance means healing for the perpetrator as much as it is for me. I had an older brother who sexually abused me as a little girl when my parents would be ministering on weeknights to people in our church. And I had to walk through forgiving someone who took away something that I could never get back. So how do you do that? Well, you know, when God heals you, he gives you compassion for the person who broke you because he's holy and he's bigger. His, the way he operates is out of, we can't even fathom his goodness, but he loves me and he loves who broke me. And when I, when I believe that word, vengeance is mine, I release healing. Okay, when we justify our brokenness, this is what God showed me. There's no use pouring the oil into a cracked vessel because the greatest of anointing will be wasted on the ground. And tonight God just wants some of us to go, yeah, I'm broken. And before I even ask for the oil, I'm going to ask you, God, can you just seal those places that keep leaking no matter how much people love me it falls it's wasted on the ground it's never enough I'm a constant needy person because I'm broken it's like a vase and the water just seeps out and we're never loved enough until we've been touched by God and then we can receive love then we can receive the anointing and God can actually use us for purpose the oil is stolen when our relationship with the Lord is dependent on emotion. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, so We do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, our emotions. But what is unseen is eternal. 
Our oil is stolen from us when we know what the world is teaching more than what the word is teaching. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power of God having a form of godliness we know the words to the worship but we deny the power that lies within the surrender in worship knowing about god being able to win a spiritual argument at work but not operating with the oil being a christian without oil makes us mean and judgmental and harsh But when we're carriers of the Spirit of God, we have supernatural love, supernatural grace. We begin to speak the heart of God, and it softens the hardest hearts. We have to be carriers of the oil. We have to protect the oil of God. Our oil is stolen when we become lovers of self. When we become lovers of self. And I'm really worried about the teachings going forth about the self-love, self-care. That sounds really good. I was shopping for my daughter, Chloe, and uh, we were redoing her bedroom as a surprise, and I was in TJ Maxx, and there were these words that were framed, and they had really cool fonts and good color schemes, but they were saying things like, the heart wants what it wants. Follow your heart. All of this, it was demonic. I immediately started getting angry in my spirit because I had oil and the oil was starting to take a boil because the world sounds so good. It sounds Christian to say, follow your heart. But the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. And so we frame it and we font it and we place it in our children's walls. Follow your heart. No. Your heart will lead you to destruction. Your heart will make you forget all the oil you ever had. Go how you feel. Oh, I just fell out of love. We're not in love anymore. I have, there are times when I am not in love with Israel. It's usually during all these football playoffs. And I have to go, no, 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 no. The enemy wants to sow a little seed of frustration in something that actually is not a big deal. Israel is a man of God. I begin to recite, he is good. He's a good father. He meets with the Lord and he is changed in God's presence. And when we're in an argument and he's wrong, he can be so stubborn, but he has a relationship with God. He's a carrier of the oil and I trust that. And so he'll come back to me and say, you're right, Rachel. Usually that's what he says. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's me, but usually Israel. But the enemy wants us to begin to be annoyed with little things. Wait, is he coming home and being faithful at night? Come on, let's, let's be aware of the enemy's schemes to begin to chip away at every good thing, the purposeful things of God. That's how we lose our oil. And Matthew 16, 24 says that Jesus told his disciples, if any would come after me, let them deny themselves. Take up your cross and follow me. That does not sound like following our own heart. That does not sound like self-love doesn't sound like care for yourself first. Jesus says, if you're going to come with me, it's not going to be self-love. 
It's going to be sacrifice. But listen to what it says. It says, let him deny himself and take up his cross. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find life. And so we're pursuing these things that the world says heal us when really it robs our oil. It robs the anointing. It robs our discernment. It robs those being connected to that branch. We're the vine. We're we're right there. Our life source is the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden we find life. And I just want to read this. This is my life first for the last, well, since COVID. Because COVID has been very hard. It's been very hard to be a Christian. It's been very hard to be a pastor. It's been hard for you. It's been hard for all of us. It's it's not the COVID that was hard. It's this unleashed attack on faith. And um, 2 Timothy 4, 6, and this is where we're going to end. I have another page and I'm not going to do it because you guys are going to go have fun. But 2 Timothy 4, 6 says this. It's Paul. And this has been my mantra for three years. I want it to be my mantra for the rest of my life. Paul says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as a drink offering before the Lord. When I go to heaven, I want it to be said that I spent everything God trusted with me well. I want to be a drink offering poured out in the world. The world is like, protect you and yours. Close the door of your home. Hey, they hurt you, guard your heart. Women leaders, people hurt. People don't realize the pain they cause to leaders in the house of God. And there have been moment after moment after moment that I have had to make a conscious decision. I gave that person all that I had to give and it was never enough. And I can either wall up my heart because of the pain or I can pour it out again. And the thing about the oil of God is the more you use it, the more he produces for you. The less you use it, the less is produced. And so pour it out again. Pour it out through the pain. You know when you have a breast infection and you're nursing your baby and that stinking nurse says, you've got to breastfeed through it, it'll help. You're like, no! I think God is saying pour through it. And it's not our natural response to pour out through pain. God is saying that's where you're healing, that's where you find life, and it's also where you find unlimited oil, the grace of God to make decisions, to live a life like a drink offering poured out. I do not want to be known as the woman who can shop the best at Marshall's. I don't want my life to be known for these things that I'm not ever going to take to heaven. They have no fruit. They're distractions. They are beautiful distractions. I want to live my life as a drink offering poured out. And that is a decision every day to sacrifice what I want for what he has for me. So there's a call tonight. And I believe that God wants to deal with us. And I I pray that there's no shame in this room. I pray that there's an invitation to living the fullest, most beautiful life that you've ever dreamt of. With Jesus, the, the oil, the flow of the anointing of God that rushes through you. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, God, you just used me to help encourage her. You just used me to speak faith where there wasn't any. You used me to be strong when the world was a bunch of ashes that were just crowded around me. I will be an ember. I will choose to burn. I will continue to burn. I'm not looking for a flame. I am looking for a life poured out. Consistency. Consistent burning. 
it changes everything. And so tonight, if you've been dealt with by the Holy Spirit, if you know that this is for you, I feel like there's two kinds of people in the room. And I just want to ask you to respond. You can just, you know, you might not all get to this altar, but you can get out of your seat. And it's just making a a declaration. I'm not staying here. I'm not staying in my pain. I'm not staying in my sin. I'm not staying in bondage. I'm going to come back for the oil. And so tonight there's two women. And this is what God spoke to me. Where are you? This is it. That there are some of you and you just need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit of God. David said, I will be anointed with a fresh oil. Tonight, the Holy Spirit wants to anoint you with a fresh oil that yesterday is gone. And even if you're standing there waiting for the bridegroom and you know that you left your oil at home, there's an invitation. It's not too late. It's not too late to pick back up the oil and to begin to be a carrier of the power and the glory and the majesty of Jesus. And so some of us, we just need to respond to that. The other one is this. The wise virgins not only took the lamp, but they took the jars of oil with them because they knew they would need abundance. And I want to declare no scarcity. There's some of you that is always worried about food, money, how you're going to be taken care of. And some of it stems from your past because you went without for so long. And so there's a mentality in your heart of scarcity and it can transfer to God that if God does this, then maybe he can't do this. But God wants to give you the full package. He is exceedingly abundantly above all that you need, ask, dream, hope. He's more. And I feel like God wants to break that that bondage of scarcity. He is the God of more than enough. He wants you to live a life where your cup is running over with the goodness of God, with the power of God, with miracle after miracle after miracle. And your life is going to point people to Jesus because they're watching. And scarcity will be broken off of you tonight. So if either of those are for you, can you just come on, respond. And we're just going to, I'm going to hand it over to the worship team. That's everything I have. I love you. Come on, girls, let's just get oily. Do not keep your heart hard. Sometimes when there's no oil, we can't feel. But if you stay in your seat right now, there's no chance of being poured out on. You've got to make that decision. Just move out. Say, God, I want to burn for you. I want to be rekindled. I need a fresh fire. Oh, pour out your spirit, God. Baptize us in your Holy Spirit. We want the oil. We want the oil, Jesus. We're not satisfied with yesterday. We're not satisfied with the staleness of what we've seen before. But we know that there's more, God. Pour it out over us, God. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.